Holy Puck, your number one source of hockey news, views, and abuse. It seems to be part of the course for the fucking Habs these days. I, I will definitely take all your advice on spark plugs. You're a piece of shit. Uh, it's good, wholesome fun. Vibes all around. Good vibes all around. Holy Puck. Old fans longing for a return to the glory days. So aggressive. And then there's young fans so who don't aggressive. know what a glory day is. Shame! Braden's Budby. It was such a one-sided fight. It was brutal. That's top-notch comedy. If you don't appreciate that, you can fuck off. Anyway, we should probably kick off this week's ep, Cam. Let's do it. Channel. Is that your way of saying we've just kicked it off? It is. So this is episode 23, Cam. I'm John. This is Cameron. This is Holly Puck. And I'm about to open my beer. Congrats. The Michael Matt. Jordan of Holy Puck Podcast. Correct. Mm. It sounds like it was delicious. It was. So I've got a nice, nice pale ale. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk about how upsetting the last few day games have been. And let me just say, since we've last spoken, there's only been, let's be honest. One game. One game. But still, like, there's not heaps to talk about. But you know what? Can I interject, though? Before you can. get into how upset you are, can we talk about something that's not upsetting? Is it Phil Kessel's beard? Well, no, that's fantastic. But um, I'd been stalling on watching Benders for a while because I was like, oh, Dennis Leary produced BLA hockey show. I hope it's not terrible. It'll be super upsetting. Sat down. I've knocked out three episodes. And if you go in with low expectations, going, you know, low rent, 20-minute, semi-crass comedy, it's actually pretty good. So I've enjoyed so you don't it. Hate and it. I strongly suggest that you watch it and so should everyone else. Yeah. So you're not hating it. And that's, that's great news. That's good. Sorry. Even their jerseys are cool. They look like they've got little dicks running around them and their team's called Uncle Chubbies. That's sick. You know what? I should yeah, watch it. I, I really should. I, I should I should finally do something, you know, decent with my life instead of sitting around flicking my bean and watching Game of Thrones. Well, John, look, just in case anybody from the authorities is listening, I strongly suggest you purchase that program from, <laughs> you know, from the relevant online resource, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. I also concur. Exactly. All right. So. Because you and I both legally acquire all of our viewing content. Of course, Cameron. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> all right. Let two, us... two strapping IT professionals like ourselves. Oh, uh, yes. Why wouldn't we be <laughs> obtaining things completely legally and above Good board? Good Lord. Good Lord. Look, How do we right. get onto this been, anyway? There has only been one game since we last spoke. And that was game on. four. So last time we spoke, the series was, let's be honest, in disarray for the Sharks. They were, they were down 2-1. They were up against it. Game four probably didn't go the storyline that they wanted. The storybook ending is probably not going to occur for them. Give me a rundown on how you saw the Pens pick them apart, Cam. Well, John, let me start by saying I applaud your optimism because saying probably, most likely, it says a lot about your character because the Sharks are on the bum end of the 3-1 series uh, margin yeah. at the moment. I read some stats recently this week, and the team who was up 3-1 in the Stanley Cup playoffs has won 96.8% of the time. I'm like, woo it's going to be tough. So, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Ace? <laughs> like, uh, it's look, tough. if it's good enough for Jim Carrey in Dumber Dumber, then it's good enough for me. Well, I'm stoked that you're you're willing to, to back to back the Ruffy because let's be honest, the Sharks are definitely the outside Ruffy in this one, dude. Well, the interesting thing is too, games one, two, and three, it was all a one goal margin. So game one, the Pens took it three two. Game two, the Pens took it two one. 
Game three, the Sharkies took it 3-2. Game four, the Pens, you know, quote-unquote blew it out, and it was 3-1. Obviously, it's only a very minor differential. However... I don't know. I feel uh, like the emotional blow was significant in that last game, though. Well, especially it was on San Jose's home ice. Like, I don't know. That's what I mean. Just that emotional... You lose on home ice. You're down 3-1. That's... To turn it around emotionally and go back to Pittsburgh... I don't know. I just I don't see it happening. Like I think it's too well, much. I was really emotionally invested because it wasn't just about the game, and I don't know how much of the pregame you watched. But um, Metallica man. played the national anthem, and, <laughs> and I was I was G'd up. Cam, let me tell you, every single person who follows us on any form of social media is aware of it. You have posted oh. so much about this. Well, I got a, fr- I got a friend. <laughs> I, I've got a friend. Uh, I've got a friend, Liam, who lives in LA, as you know, who's in our fantasy league. He is, and he's a diehard Kings fan. And he was sending me abusive messages saying, "Motherfucker, I need you to stop posting about the uh, the Sharks." And I was like, Liam, my friend, I'm not posting about the Sharks. I'm posting about Metallica. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really just Metallica-related hockey content. It doesn't necessarily mean like have anything to do with the team they're affiliated with. Yeah, but the thing that's disappointing is I was like, look, it's home ice. The Sharks won game three. They can get it done. James Hetfield's there in a Sharks jersey. You're not going to let down James Hetfield, the world's greatest rhythm guitarist. And you know what they did? They blew they it. They let down James Hetfield, the world's <laughs> greatest rhythm guitarist. That's right. They dogged the boys and they dogged them hard. And they, it just kept on, they just kept on dogging. I, I mean, I, I don't know. The game three performance was so good for me. Joel Ward was in the mix. Oh, Wardo, huge. Oh, Wardo, and with the assist on the winning goal, like, it just, it all, it all screamed storyline for me. And then game four came around and then, uh, flaccid was the term that was thrown around the office. Well, I find it really difficult to stomach this because I don't know a single person that's rooting for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, um, there's only two people I know in my life who are actual Pens fans, and I, I don't even talk to them anymore, probably because they're Pens. They're Pens fans. I was gonna say, um, like, why would you have a Pens a Pens fan on your list? Like, that's well, one that of them seems is, weird one because of them you hate them so much. No, one of them is my wife's uncle, and he lives in Pittsburgh, so he gets a pass. And but I give him shit every Christmas. Um, Fair. And then there's another one who's, you know, a former work colleague and he's a lovely guy. And then I remember he's a Pens fan and go, ooh. ooh. There's a reason why you no longer have him on Facebook. Soz, man. Well, he's on Facebook, but he's caught the old unfollow, you uh, know. Ah, yes. The, 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 the non-delete delete. Yeah, well, it's the look. I, I don't care enough about what's going on in your life to follow you. But if I delete you, <laughs> I'll get a message get from you and have to talk to you, which encourages more interaction, which I don't want or need. Yeah, so it's easier to take the path of least resistance. Exactly Much like the right. Sharks will be taking in the next game, I feel. Um, I, Look. I, I do feel like it's... I, I don't want to say anti-climax, but I don't know. I feel like even if they do win the next game, there's not a lot left. Well, I, I'm not confident the Sharks will win the next game. I think the Pens are going to do it because I think the Pens are desperate to win a Stanley Cup on home ice. They're good to go. Um, the other thing for me, I actually reckon the league wants the Pens to make this happen in five because let's be honest, like we're diehards, we're fanatics. We'll watch hockey, any kind of hockey, anytime, anywhere, right? Yeah, of course. We, we can really? concede this hasn't been a particularly exciting Stanley Cup Finals. No, I think it's kind of... I see where you're going with this, and yes, I agree. I think it's probably better for the league, and in fact, all involved for it to be over as soon as possible. If this Stanley Cup series is a wounded animal, the league is bare grills, standing by, ready to put the wounded animal down, get it out of its misery, and just move on to the next episode. Yeah, yeah. 
and you know give it to the camera guys to barbecue off off camera um, well, that, that, that does raise an interesting little sidebar, though, then. Let's say in recent memory, so the modern era, yeah. let's, say the last, let's, let's say the last decade since the lockout, what's been the most exciting uh, Stanley Cup series for you as, as, as something of a bystander? Because obviously your team hasn't played in or won one. Yeah, um, to be honest... Good any, jab, by the way. Good jab. Yeah, solid, subtle jab there. Um, I think any series involving the Kings, to be honest. Um, really? Yeah, I... I I find it hard to hate the Kings, um, even though Brownie plays for them. But I don't know. I, I feel like that's they're probably the most... I mean, last year's was interesting, but I don't feel like anyone thought that the Lightning were going to take it. No. And everyone was just kind of like, oh, that's cute the whole time. Um, I think even they were <laughs> like that. Like, oh, good on them for giving it a crack. But I think in, in terms of the most exciting, yeah, and like to be honest, the last few involving the Kings... Um, but I mean, sidebar to that, I think you're on the point. You're on the money of suggesting that the, the the league wants this over as quick as possible. But I also think the league wants the the cup to come back to the east because it's been sitting in the west a fair bit for quite a while. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, the thing is, too, the AHL finals, the Calder Cup, that's a real blowout as well. The Lake Erie Monsters are already out to a three and zero blowout over the Hershey Bears as well. So. Correct. It's unfortunate. There's been some really great series leading into both leagues' respective final series, and, and both of them are kind of becoming quite one-sided. So, which is disappointing. But I mean, so where do you see the the best? I guess the most entertaining um, cup final of the last, say, five to six years. What 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 well, what, what lands before on your you say, radar? Before you say it's an obvious answer because it's my boys that won. I still maintain the 2011 Bruins versus Canucks series has been the best. Um, in the last decade, obviously setting aside the victory and it's, you know, my guys, um, that series was hate-filled. It was testy. There was drama. There was shit off ice. There was the, you know, there was Tim Thomas just standing on his head being a, a fucking weird conservative right-wing weirdo slash ridiculous goaltender. There was the Alex Burrows shit. There was the biting. There was the abuse. There was fighting. Vancouver tried to burn itself to the ground. Um, I think even if you're not a fan of either either team, that was a completely mental Stanley Cup final That's series. Right. At least you're at least you're a fan of drama. Um, yeah, like if, if you were a fan of anything relating to hockey and you like drama, god oh, damn, well, you got it. And the best. And let's thing be honest, when, the Bruins have it in spades. They have drama in oh, yeah. spades. And the best thing was like my favorite part still out of everything that happened. There was two that stand out. There was Nathan Horton when obviously he'd been on the receiving hit of that dirty hit from uh, Aaron Roman was knocked out for the series. Yeah. And then the team traveled to Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, I should say. Wow. And he squirted his drink bottle, which was full of water from Boston, uh, the Boston Garden. He squirted it onto the Vancouver ice and he told the boys, all right, now this is our ice. And they went and did the business. That was a fair, fuck yeah, man. Moment. Yeah. A little, oh, see, a little bit of a, no, that's the one gripe that I really have with this whole series and even you know what in particular even last year's series not a lot of personality no it's very vanilla like mm. the guy i don't know i feel like there just isn't enough pizzazz for me it's a, it's all a bit like you know coming into it we're like well the first two games will really decide this series it's not going to go to seven even i mean even you and i were really we wanted it to go to seven but was it going through in reality? Like, we were talking about it the whole time, going, well, we were very lukewarm about the whole thing. It's because, you know, we had to be, and we didn't want to look like Dick suggesting too bad it's going to finish in five. Um, 
Oh, well, you're, you're spot on. And I mean, look, I put an article up on our site today. Quick plug. I put an article up on our site today. Dickhead. Check it out. com. Hey, Go let's be blog. honest. But sidebar. If people listen sidebar. to the, people listen to the podcast, you know, I would suggest they're aware of the website, Cam. Continue uninterrupted. That's a good point. Look, whatever. You never pass up a good uh, promotional opportunity. You Side know, marketing 101. <laughs> but um, look, I, I did preface the article with saying, you know, the romantics, the pen haters, and those that were pulling for Jumbo Joe to get to lift the cup. You know, everyone desperately wanted the Sharks to win the cup. But, but I don't think anybody there, outside man. of the Bay Area actually thought it would happen. Well, no. And I don't think even the Sharks fans really thought it was going to happen. Um, well, do you want to hear something cool? There's so many and do you, know the, do you know, do you know what spelled certain defeat for me? Um, so at the moment, the Golden State Warriors are obviously in the NBA Finals against the Cavs, and the Sharks are playing off against the Pens, right? Yeah. There's been ten occasions, I think, or nine. There's been nine or ten occasions in which one city or location has had teams simultaneously competing in the NBA and NHL Finals. And, and neither, at no, no stage have both of them won. Yeah, I was going to say, neither team has won. So one's eventually bowed out, essentially. Correct. Um, and it doesn't look... I mean, even though the Cavs absolutely pummeled the Warriors today, I don't think it makes a difference. The Warriors are going to take that series. In which case, if the Warriors take the NBA, then the Pens are going to take the NHL. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. Like, and even, even if the... I don't, I don't know if the two teams, uh, their fates are connected anyway. Um, I think it's a cool little storyline, though. And I, th- I think the stat, more importantly, is interesting that there's never been a team that's taken all of the titles, both. essentially. A city that's taken both of them, yeah. The thing I find really interesting, actually, is the Bay Area is obviously quite the hotbed for sports. So out of Oakland, you've got the Raiders, you've got the A's, you've got the Warriors. Out of San Fran, you've got the Giants and the 49ers. Um, and then in San Jose, you've got the Sharks. So there's obviously major teams across all four codes within a 140-minute radius. And, you know, the Raiders throughout the 80s were a tradition, were a, a powerful, terrifying team, and they've retained their huge fan base. The 49ers are arguably the most storied football team of all time. Um, the Giants have won three World Series in the last six or so years. The Warriors are doing Warriors things. The Sharks, and therefore hockey, is the only code slash team in the entire Bay Area to never achieve the top level of success in their chosen field. Yeah, and that's a good point. And that's, that kind of um, solidifies its niche status below the rest, uh, which is Ooh. unfortunate. But you know what? That's a, that's a relevant point. And I think that when you start to dissect the team as, it's, uh, like, as it is, I feel like yeah. they're not necessarily built for that short or even long-term success. In ter- like, yes, they've made it to the cup final. Like, it's great. And, like, I don't want to discount the effort or anything like that. But I don't think... I, we, I mean, we could be well wrong here, Cam, but I don't think that they're going to win the series and nor do I feel like they'll be back next year. And this is this is the same conversation. Like, legitimately, I remember this having this exact conversation with you about the Lightning last year. Yeah, totally. And look, what I what I will say about the Sharks, I think the success they've had this year, this is this is no means of disappointment. Like they didn't make the playoffs last year. They had a new coach. They had a lot of new assets. If they just made the playoffs this year, people would have been impressed. The fact that they've gone ahead and made the Stanley Cup final, they should like. I know it's going to sting if and when they lose. They should be proud of what they've done. And just making it this far, I believe, is going to elevate them above a niche team and sport in the Bay Area as it is, and it's going to get them 
you know, a significantly stronger footing in that market. You know, they might get 30 seconds instead of 15 seconds on Sports Center. Well, that's, Who that's knows? what you can ask for, but right? I, but there's because there's so much sport in the Bay Area. It's like putting yet yeah. another code into Melbourne. Um, I think yes, putting, exactly right. Putting 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 that the 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 NHL in in the hotbed of of of, of um of California, particularly Northern California as well. Like you know, there's yeah. there's already L, there's LA which has got you know three teams. There's there's so much happening in the Bay Area and you know in Northern and Southern California. I think it's hard for the Sharks to get footing, particularly with their brothers in arms LA being so successful. Um, yeah. in such a short period they are fighting they they're essentially and I, I i kind of back them being in the finals at the moment just purely from a fighting for relevance perspective um in well, they're, of, they're, they're the underachieving third cousin because let's not forget right. that anaheim's won a cup in their short history as well so they're the only californian team that hasn't hoisted the you know the the cup and hasn't hasn't had that championship success in a general in a broader term but i, I think the success they've achieved this year will definitely help. The notoriety they've achieved this year will definitely give them a stronger footing. And I think if the team and their marketing department and the press are smart about it and they continue to play up the Californian rivalry, the fuck LA rivalry, in the same way that the Giants, whether they're willing to admit it or not, have always played up the fuck the LA Dodgers rivalry. Yeah, well, um, I mean, that's things, what they have to do. Things are going to continue to grow for them. That's right. And I, I think that that's a good point. And playing off playing the other teams off against each other and against them playing the underdog card works like and totally dude i i think it's a great idea and fuck it we should be in marketing for major sports teams man yeah it's almost like we know how to market i know right anyway hey, so well look let, let's sum this up really quickly then i we, we believe we collectively if i there's obviously more to it than that but there's three core areas that the Sharks have come undone in, in these playoffs. Yeah. And Let's I mean, go through those. So point one, where in the world is Joe Pavelski? Where has he gone? Like, he was killing it in the first few rounds. In fact, he's been, been killing, killing it for the last year. three years. And then the playoffs show up and like the, the Stanley Cup playoff final, there he is. He's a ghost. And I mean, I feel bad. Well, he's been he's been completely held off the score sheet in the first four games, and it shows. Like, it's, well, it's been set all season. They're not winning games. The last two seasons, like, the Sharks go as Joe Pavelski goes. He isn't going at the moment, so the Sharks aren't going. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's, that's such a good point. And, and and unfortunate, like the Caps feel that with Ovi. There's so many teams that rely on a big. Um, big one of their big stars to really drag them across the line when times get tough. But times are even tougher now, and they need the depth to help them. It's not well, there. What What's really happened here? Look, I've spent a lot of time kind of thinking about this. I watch a lot of Californian hockey. Um, the time zone really works well for us Australians because we can actually watch it at lunchtime as opposed to early in the morning. Well, that's a um, nice perk, I will say. It is nice to be able to sit there at lunchtime on my phone and watch a Californian game. Not only because I like the state, I just I, I just really like hockey and lunch. Yeah, well, I mean, I much prefer watching a game at 1 o'clock and 10 a.m., so that works. But, um, you know, I've watched Pavelski, you know, closely for, for three years. Um and what's happened in this series is that Pittsburgh's like, you know, we are a full team defense. It's just robbing him of his space and it's robbing him of his time well, to make a decision. He's always so clever in the way that he gets to the front of the net and accepts passes and maneuvers around with his shots. But he always has space to move, not doing it. He has space to move. And every all of the highlight reel goals that you see with him, defensemen are 
oceans away from him and he is one-on-one yeah. or two-on-one with a goalie and yes he is excellent yes he has an unbelievable skill that we will never ever obtain but that being said i'm not calling him cheap shop artist i don't want to go that far but i will say that he is exceptionally good on the breakaway and that's what his his bread and butter has been cut from is breakaway scoring look i i half agree with you but like, like I said, I'm talking like I've sat there and freeze-framed his goals and shit. Like, I, I'm so intrigued by the way that he plays. I'm not he surprised. just makes these very sudden, jarring, quick movements and gets to the front of the net, and you don't even realize it. And you don't he's already accepted from. a ridiculous pass and done something with it. It's just not happening. Like, the Pens are playing. Like, if you're looking for another sporting example, it's basketball-esque man-on-man defense. Yeah, they're playing him he's too just close. Got, he's got no room. He's got no room to move. And, but, see, that's exactly the same way that they played the Caps. And because that's well, what the Caps do, is that the Caps play with space, they play with speed. And the only way to cut them down is to take away their space and their time. And that's exactly what happened. And the second which point... I'm not, I'm not sure if you meant that, but that's actually a fantastic segue into point two, which is, do you even power play? Exactly. So, exactly like the Caps before them, there has been limited time on the power play, and when they are when when the Sharks are being given power play time, they have not been able to score based on the fact that the Pens are locking down their D. Yeah. And that's how which it is, is. Which is incredible, because... Chris Letang's the only sexy name out of that D, out of that decor, and he's been playing twenty eight plus minutes a night. So Chris Letang's this year is Duncan Keith. He's an absolute Iron Man, yeah. And he's not doing Chris Letang things in the sense that he's playing offensive. Norris level hockey. He's not taking stupid penalties. He's not emotionally reacting and slashing. And dudes is keeping which a is level what we head. usually see. He's from staying him, by on the, the ice, which is what the team needs him to do, and. He's, he's being a leader. All he's, over doing, them. he's doing the right things. He's he's got the, his ragtag defense and he's whipped them in the shape. And you know what? It's working and they've locked it down. Dude, Ian Cole has been playing well and scored his first ever Stanley Cup goal. Ollie Marta's been great. Um, ben Lovejoy, like the Pens organization even said, yeah, you know, we kind of feel like we cooked that trade because it was Simone Dupree for Lovejoy. Lovejoy's been playing out of his head. Like, yeah, dudes that have it. no business he playing scored, like, three goals this... hockey have been killing it. I, the, amount of, the amount of excessive scoring that he's giving them, he's winning them games. Like, I think he's had two game-winning goals this, this series. Well, for baseball nerds out there that obviously be familiar with the concept of war, which is wins above replacement, it's a baseball saber metric, which attempts to put a very specific number of wins against the player. So Mike Trout, they say he's that good that if you replaced him with any other player in Major League Baseball, your team would be worse off for 10 hard-out wins. If you had to put like a war rating on someone like Chris Letang at the moment, you could argue that he's potentially stolen you two of your four games with the way that he's played. Yeah, minimum, which is essentially which is the ridiculous. dividing line between winning the series... And equalizing the series. So absolutely ridiculous. It's it's killing it. So the last point is the depth, my friend. The, depth. It's it's the shining obvious one that is screaming out at everyone, where is San Jose's depth? They are not getting the the scoring that we've seen throughout the season in out of Burns, out of Vlasic. We're not seeing those guys come back. Or we're seeing, we're not even seeing Pavelski. The depth is coming in the second line. Mm. 
And the third line from their forwards, their defense are nowhere to be seen. And they've relied heavily on the defensive lines to score this year. Well, you're spot on. The Sharks' fourth line and their third D pairing has basically had no impact in the series. It's incredibly obvious. Um, straight up, if they've got any shot of winning Game 5 and therefore forcing a Game 6 at home, they need to ride the Martin Burns combo and the Vlasic Braun combo, and they basically need to staple Dylan and Pollock to the bench. Dylan and Pollock are serviceable, shutdown, stay-at-home defensemen. They cannot keep up with the pens. They need to staple them to the bench and force the other four dudes to play more minutes. Yeah. Um, well, and look, the those pens dudes are, too those, those dudes are bruises. Just, like, Brendan Dillon is a fucking animal. And I've seen him lay some absolute hits in this series, but the pens aren't biting. No, they're not reacting. They're getting the up. Thing. They're dusting the themselves off. Them. It, it's not going to work. You, you need to put Dylan and Pollock out of it, and you need to try something else. Well, that's right. And the coaches, the coach and their leadership group is keeping them centered and is keeping them aligned and the pens aren't biting. And it's the same thing. Why, like, I don't understand why San Jose didn't learn from the Caps mistakes. And the Caps yeah. mistakes were push them and push them. And to be fair, they were biting against the Caps because they have to, because it's just that that's what happens. The pens always fight the Caps. It's just one of those things that happens. Well, Washington and Pittsburgh series are always emotional. I think they knew they could get away with it, but the Pens are smart enough to know that when it comes down to it and you're in the Stanley Cup final, they've got an experienced coach like DeBauer and you've got, you know, Crosby, Kunitz, Malcolm, like they've all been there before. No doubt they've had that chat which says, you know what, the Sharks are a heavy team. They're going to come out, they're going to hit, they're going to hurt you and they're going to be fucking pricks. Ignore them. And I know that's easy to say, ignore them. You need to suck it the fuck up and ignore them. And play and they your probably, game. He probably play. gave Latang a pep talk and said, Chris, you got to keep your shit in check. It's going to kill you, but you got to do it. Yeah, and yeah. Don't off. mouth back. Don't buy in. Just fucking, if, you're, if you look like you're going to fight, I'm taking you off and you're taking, I'm stapling your ass to the bench. That's probably why exactly. he's probably not playing 33 minutes a game. That's probably why he's playing 28, because he's being utilized yeah. in the right way. Yep, exactly right. So, look, those are the core three things. The the Sharks are not getting what they need out of their fourth line and third D pairing. Stick them on the bench. You need to ride your top nine forwards and your top four D men and hope for the best. And hope, You've got hope to find Pavelski a way to get back. Pavelski in the game. DeBauer hope, needs to find him, a way to get Pavelski in the game. one or even nine more breakaways and hopefully he can score at some point in the next year. But, I mean, look, we're sitting here saying what the Sharks need to do to get back in this series. I'm all about a romantic story. I sincerely hope for the best, but um, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Pittsburgh are taking the cup. Um, Matt Murray's already going to get a street named after him in Pittsburgh. Phil Kessel might win the Con Smythe, which is fantastic because I'll get that stupid tattoo. Oh, yeah, we're going to set that up. Everyone wins. You know what? Unfortunately, the Pens winning means we all win. I don't know how that works. I I feel like... The, the heavens have opened and we've all taken the crazy pills. Um, we've all decided... Bill Kessel that, makes me not hate the pens. I don't, That's such a big deal for me, right? I don't know. Like, I love Phil Kessel so much, but at the same time, I fucking hate the pens. Like, it's just stupid. Like, if he imagine if he can bring them two to three cups. Like, holy my, fuck. My, my ownership of a Phil Kessel rookie card makes me not hate the pens. So... Ah, uh, see... It's all about the little romantic moments, Cam. Always about the romantic moments. But follow, look, follow the story, not the team, man. Follow the story. <laughs> enough about that. It's a Thursday night. We've covered what we needed to cover. You're happy. I'm happy. The listeners are going to be happy. My beer's finished. So we Your can wrap finished. it up. I reckon it's time to call it quits and we'll do it again on Sunday night. Mad. 30-minute show. There it is. 
And you know what else we're going to do, dear listener? We're probably going to do a very extended show next week because let's call a spade a spade. The season will be over. We're going to do a season wrap-up. We're going to do a, a season best, you know, Jumbo Legend and Steve Hot Dog of the Week and all that jazz. And I reckon we're looking at a 90-minute show for that one. Quite, yeah, quite honestly. We're going to have to start early. We're going to have to get a few extra beers up in the, up in the dungeon. It's going oh, to be and great. John, we can do that on Tuesday night because I'm not playing on Tuesday night. Because you've been suspended for punching a goalie. Mad. Because I've been suspended. Excellent. Well, I'll see you next week. All right, mate. Take care. Peace.